Welcome to the 62nd episode of the No Degree Podcast. Today's guest is Olajide Omotayo. Olajide Omotayo is an African table tennis champion. The youngest of six siblings, his love for the game started at age nine when he began honing his talent competing and living abroad. Learning different cultural styles gave him the edge to dominate after returning to Nigeria. Today, he is the current African champion and is off to the 2021 Olympics. Omotayo is electrifying both on and off the table, yet humble and genuine in his interactions with the world. One thing is certain, he is ready to dominate. Listen to follow Omotayo's journey. Visit nodegree.com to start your journey. Subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash nodegree. Every contribution is appreciated. This show wouldn't be possible without you. Let's get this show started. Hey, Omotayo. I'm so happy to have you on the podcast. You just came back from practice. How was practice? Uh, practice was really stressful, but at the same time, it was really productive. I'm really happy about today. So is it normally this stressful or this is just a different day? It's just a different day. I think my body's a bit tired, you know, but I was happy. I had coaches that were pushing me to my li- off my limit, so it was okay. Yeah. Can you give the audience a brief introduction of what you do and what you went to practice for? Actually, I practice twice every day. I need to wake up uh, 8 a.m. in the morning. I have to be at the at the practice hall at 9.30 because before the practice, we do uh, warming up exercises. We have a gym instructor there at the training center. Then I have to play like two hours in the morning. Then after practice again, I need to go to the gym to do some workout. Sometimes we work on endurance. We work on like more power, like explosivity, like try to lift more weights and yeah, let's say three hours in the morning and three hours in the afternoon. What sport do you play? Because the audience still doesn't know. I am a professional table tennis player. I'm from Nigeria, but I'm currently living in Belgium. Now you're in the running to be in the Olympics, right? So you got really good. Uh, yeah, I started this sport like since I was a kid. and uh, Yeah, I've been playing table tennis all my life. And I'm happy uh, I could finally achieve my dream, which is to qualify for the Olympics. Yeah, I can't wait to be there. I'm going to be watching your games. It's going to be different because now I can like watch someone that I actually knew. And I know it's going to be at a time, probably like 2, 3 a.m., but I'm super excited. And so your ranking is is 92 in the world right now, right? Yeah, I'm 92 in the world, yes. That's crazy. You can truly say that you're the top 0.1% in something. So how'd you get started in table tennis? Actually, um, I'm from a family of six. I have four sisters and I have one other brother. I'm the last born of the family. And uh, my elder sister, which is the second born of the family, her name is Omobolanle. And she's currently based in the U.S. She lives in New York. She's the first out of the six to start playing table tennis. And she was really pretty good. And on this beautiful day, I was just like playing in the, on the center table in our apartment back there in Lagos. I grew up in Lagos. So she she had a boyfriend, and her boyfriend was among the, the national team back then. His name is Larry Jagade. Now he's based in France. So immediately he saw me playing with my other siblings. He couldn't. I don't know what he saw in me, and he just asked me, like, would you like to play table tennis? I could see that you have the, the movement and everything. And I was so lucky because my house, we have, like, a, a table tennis club like 200 meters to my house. So immediately that night, around 10 p.m., he took me to the 
to the table tennis club and the coach was there. I was really lucky and they had to give me a racket and it was my first time to play on a bigger table because normally I usually play on the, on, on our dining table in the house. So for me, it was a different uh, experience, but I enjoyed it. And also the coach could see like I was, everything was so smooth the first day. And the coach said, uh, I would like to work with this boy. I think he's young. He has good body coordination, so I think he can be a tip tennis player. So how old are you when this happened? I would say I was around 9, 10. Wow. And how old are you now? I'm 25. I will be 26 next month, July. Okay, so almost 16, 17 years ago. When you started playing that day, did you ever think of anything? Did you ever think like, hey, I want to be a champion, or you just started for fun? No, I was just playing for fun, you know, enjoying the fun. Because table tennis is really like, a popular spot in Nigeria, like you go to Lagos and you can see on the road, on the roadside, you will find table tennis on the road, people playing. So it's like after football in Nigeria, table tennis is the second most popular spot in Nigeria. So now, how was it? So when you started, was it like practicing a few times a week, having fun, or did you really start getting serious? I was really young and I had to go like two, three times every week. Because nobody to take me there, even though it's like 200 meters to my house. I was really young and my parents couldn't allow me to just walk there by myself. So I was going there like three times every week. Then when I got older, I was going five times a week. And when I could like decide that I want to go fully into the sport, I, I started going six times. Maybe even seven times sometimes because I found myself whenever I come back from the church, I just go there and instead of staying home watching cartoons, just go there and do some. How old were you when you really started getting serious? I would say I was 12 years old when I started getting serious. And that was the first time I was called into the national team. Unluckily for me, that year, we, we wanted to go for a tournament in Tunisia. It was an African tournament, but there was no funding from the government. So it was cancelled. I was so heartbroken. I could remember like, being called to the national team and we didn't get to go because no fun. And two years later, I got called again. Then we went to Egypt. So Egypt was my first country to visit. And I won a gold medal at my first time. Yeah. That was your first tournament. How did it feel when you won your first gold medal? I, I was, it was really amazing. <clears throat> like, Getting to, to travel outside Nigeria, getting to see a lot of players. And I've never played with some some certain styles because in Nigeria, the way we play is quite different from the way other people play. So for me, it was like an eye-opening. So, but at the same time, I enjoyed myself and I was happy I could go back home with, with the medal, which was really amazing. Did your sister continue playing? No, she stopped. She, she stopped, and even now she's always like, "Wow, I'm so proud of you." Stuff like that. She stopped. She she was like the the captain of a university, and after she finished university, she moved to the U.S. and she stopped. Out of six, five of us were playing table tennis, but I'm the only one left with the sport now. The rest stopped. No, so it's all up to you. It's all up to you now. What are the things you did to get ahead and successful? Like, what are the things that you did that other people weren't doing? I would say, apart from playing, I was uh, I was thinking smart. Thinking smart in the sense that in Nigeria, we, we really don't have these professional coaches. So I was opportune. I had internet. 
And at my age, for me to have access to the internet was a big opportunity. I could remember, you know, I'm from Nigeria. You should know how everything is. So I was going on YouTube and I was just watching the Chinese, watching every matches, how they practice, the way they serve. So I could say the internet helped me a lot. And also I gave myself so many targets. Like, okay, at this age, I want to, for example, when I was on the 15, I gave my a target at the age of 18 i want to be in the national team for the junior team also leaving the junior team i want to be in the senior team so i've been laying this target for myself and it keeps me going every day by day even sometimes when i feel tired or feel discouraged like maybe i shouldn't go further so i would say giving myself like the target like okay this year i need to win the championship in nigeria and this year i want to i want to improve in this aspect of the game so i just go on youtube and Matches and watch videos from this Chinese, and it really helped me a lot. I really improved. I just find myself going to the training center and doing some new stuff other people don't know. But while I was doing that, they were like, "Oh, he's showing off." No, he's doing that. I was like, "Okay." I keep doing my 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 thing, and here I am today. Like, I would say my style is so different from every other player from Nigeria, all because of this. Wow, so that's interesting. Now, what are some mistakes you've made along the way? Uh, the mistakes I made along the way was like, it got to a point, I got discouraged and I stopped playing for one year. Which year was that? Uh, that was 2016. Oh, wow. So you were about, what, 22? What got you discouraged? I, I left Nigeria when I was 18 and that was 2013 and I moved to Europe, okay? And there's this big tournament in Africa, it's called All African Games. It's the biggest title in Africa. So I gave myself a target that I want to be in the national team to go for this tournament in 2016. You know, I left Nigeria 2013. So I gave myself three years to train really hard to be in the team. So 2016, there was like an open trials, like to call many players to come and play matches and they were picked by the result of the, the, the tournament. So I was leading a guy. This guy is from another state. It's called Ondo State. His name is Boboye. He's now based in Portugal. He plays professional in Portugal now. I was doing 2-0 in sets. And in the major count, I was 7-1 uh, up. I just need four points. Then I will be the first in that tournament because it's a, it's a trials. Like we, we are 21, 21 players and you have to play 20 matches. So I've won out of 20 matches, I won 18 matches, and I lost one. So if I should have won that match, I would have been the first overall and won to the other three games. So I lost this, this match. It cost me a lot. and uh, I could see myself in the national team going to all African games. Like within 10 minutes, I lost control, and I lost this match. After losing this match, before I left Europe, fast back, fast back to when I was in Europe, I played in the second division in Italy. So we won the, the second division. So we went from second division to the first division. So eventually, the following season, I will play in the first division. After losing my spot in the national team at the trials, I was like, okay, it's fine. I will go back to Europe and you know continue my professional life. The club sent me a message. They said, uh, we are really sorry. I'm tired that the club doesn't have sponsor and we, we are sorry we cannot... We cannot pay you, we don't have the, the fund and everything. You know, it's like, 
what is happening? Like I was I wasn't able to make the team here and I, I want to go back to Europe. And the club just told me you know, that they lost a lot of sponsors and you know, they go back up, something like this. I was like, okay, what what can I do now? I I have to do something, you know, as a man, you know, I have to think. I said, okay, I'm still very young. Maybe it's better to go to the US and go study. So I contacted my sister and I told her my plans and she said, okay, it's a good plan. But first of all, you need to come here to see if you would like it here because you've been in Europe for so long. And do you think it's good, it's a good idea for you to just move here? So I decided to, to go to the US. So I went there, everything was okay. Good life, everything good. My mom, you know, my sister, I haven't seen her for so long. So everything was so good. I was playing tournaments here and there some cash prize. In the U.S., a lot of tournaments every week. I was going from the Korean club to the Chinese club to Westchester Table Tennis in Pleasantville. I went to New Jersey. You know, so I was just doing all of this stuff and I, I could see myself going out of track, like thinking like I want to be a professional player, which I have always seen of when I was very young. So on a beautiful day, they went to this All-African Games a guy, his name is uh, Aruna Poetry, and he qualified for the Olympic Games. I was in Brazil, Rio, and at the Olympics, I went to a tournament <clears throat> at a Korean club. I won this tournament, and I was about to in the club. The coach and the club just called me like, come on, uh, a player from Nigeria is about to play. Would you like to watch before you go home? I said, okay. Do you know Aruna Poetry? I said, of course, I know him. We were in the training camp like eight, nine months ago, stuff like this. So I sat and I watched this match. I don't know if Wally played against a former world number one. His name is Kimo Ball. He's from Germany. And to give relief, he won this match and he got to quarterfinal. He broke a record. He didn't break a record. He set the record. Nobody from Africa has ever been in the quarterfinal of the Olympics. I was like, wow, this guy? This is so cool, you know. I think if this guy can do it, I can do it, you know. I was having this at the back of my mind. So on my, on my way going back home, everything in my head was like, you need to try, you need to go back and you know, do something. Don't just give up like this. Like, if you lose, it's normal, it's sport, but you need to find a way to rise back up and put up a fight again. I got home that day and the coach that followed them to the Olympics, his name is Michael Nibody. So he just texted me on, mess on, on Facebook and said, uh, GD, at the Olympics, we were talking about you and we think that you have what it takes to be in the national team. And now we have some players that they are going to retire soon. We need you. I will find you a club in, uh, in Italy and you can just come and start all over again. I was like, okay. Like, I would I would think about it. So I told my mom and she didn't want me to go because I haven't seen her in a long time. And she knows if I should go. Maybe she doesn't know. Ever since I left the U.S., I haven't seen my mom now for four years straight. I haven't seen her. So she didn't want me to go. So this coach contacted my dad and told my dad. And my dad just called me, oh, you need to go. You've been doing this since you were young. You need to give yourself a second chance. I said, okay, if I should go and I give myself two years, I was ranked 632 in the world. So I told myself, if I cannot be top 200 in two years, then... I would just quit playing table tennis and come back. So I went to Italy and I was practicing a lot. And I was so lucky I had this coach. His, his name is Stefano. 
and he's very young. So he was like investing most of his time on me. He really helped me a lot. I really learned a lot from him. So I was improving a lot. Then sending myself to pro tournaments. Like I was going to Hungary, going to Spain, to Spain Open, going to Chekhov. I was going everywhere. I was winning good matches with good players in the top 100 already. I would say setting, setting some, some, uh, how can I put it? Some, okay, by this stage, I want to be this and this. It really, really helped me a lot. And it's not really easy, but I just have to keep pushing and pushing. So it really helped me a lot. So ever since then, from 632, I moved to 200. And I got the sponsor from, from Germany, this shirt I'm wearing. So this also really motivated me and wanted me to do more and more and more. So. I just found myself that same tournament, which really got me discouraged. I finally got picked without playing a trial. And I went there and I won the tournament. And after I qualified for the Olympics again, here we are today. So the journey so far has been tough, but I'm, I'm grateful to God that I stood my ground and here yeah, today. So you've obviously been through a lot. What would you say was your the hardest thing you ever went through? The hardest part is, uh, I would say, funding. There was a stage of my life that I needed uh, funding. Like I was really good, but I could not afford to buy like proper rackets and also go for tournaments. I would say funding, like, it was my biggest, like, the biggest uh, stuff I had to face. Like funding, I have it. Like the means to like send myself to tournaments. Like every tournament that I played in Europe, I had to pay for myself. And normally this shouldn't be so. You know? I'm from Nigeria, but I'm really from a country that they really, really don't care like that diamond. So every athlete needs to like invest in yourself. Except a man, his name is Eddie Tonshuri. He's in the like Nigerian Table Tennis Federation. Like sometimes he. he he helps me and okay, he pays 50% of the, of the expenses and I pay 50%. And sometimes I pay most times by myself, so I would say funding. How did you go about getting funding? Getting funding is like, for example, I play for a club. And, uh, with the little I get, I try to save them and I just send myself to tournaments. And I'm really lucky because I live in Europe, so I try to like book the flights ahead in order to spend less. And stay in yeah. Airbnb and normally other country, other player, they stay at five star, you know, but I don't care. I stay in <laughs> Airbnb and you know, I just try to manage what I have. So I would say funding. Okay, no funding. So what are some interesting things you did? Like do you coach for funding? Do you what are some other like jobs do you do for funding? I didn't do any other job. Just table tennis. Just table tennis. Like right now. I'm not really getting a lot, and uh, what I am really focused about now is just getting better in table tennis, like getting like really, really better. I know the money is still gonna come, but I just need to work really hard. And once I work really hard to get to a certain stage, for example, maybe top twenty in the world, then you know the funding will come easy because there will be some uh, some sponsors you know, coming here and there. Like for example, I don't know what we sponsor. Is a brand ambassador for a betting company, a very big betting company in Nigeria. And he works like he makes collaboration with other companies here in Europe. Here and there. So I'm really thinking about 
getting money in my pocket right now. I just want like, okay, just play, practice, improve. And when you improve, everything will just follow. So that's what I've been just doing. Did you ever go to college? No, only high school. Immediately I finished high school was when I left. Remember, eight, when I was 18, I, I left during meeting. Now, how did your parents take that? Because I know Nigerians are very big on education. That's yeah, like... My, my dad was like, oh, but you have to like go to school, stuff like that. You know, for like once we were fighting, Nigeria in the house, then he just said to me, okay, I'm not going to force you, but just promise me that you will give your 100% best and don't just go into table tennis like, no, going fully, like have the determination and the will to suffer and to put in the work because remember, if you don't go to school and you end up not being the good player, which you would like to be, what's going to happen. So I'm just happy that everything is really working out fine for me now. So sometimes I, like, if I am not where I am today, for sure, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be in college. So I have like everything planned for myself. Like at this age, if I'm not these days, okay, I'll, I'll just play table tennis for fun and I'll go to school and study something. Yeah. You're always making sure that you have plans just in case. Yeah. Because right, right now, I, I, a friend of mine introduced me. So after the Olympics, I will be doing some online schooling, like some stuff online. I've been searching online some schools in the U.S. Yeah. And I'm thinking about going for uh, something that is a sport. So now education, you know, now it's something like education made easy, you know, like online classes, I just do something. Most of the athletes are also doing it. So immediately after the Olympics, I will put myself also on this as well. Just have something. What would you say is your biggest accomplishment? Biggest accomplishment is winning the All African Games because nobody saw it coming. You know, I was, if anybody should like pick, they would never pick me. Like, I will not be among the people selected, or if they need to predict, I won't be among the players. I just came there and, you know, boom. So it was a really big surprise, like shocking surprise to everyone. So I would say winning the All African Games is the biggest. When you went in, did you think you were going to win? Actually, before going to that tournament, like two weeks before that tournament, I won against the number two in Africa. His name is Omar Hassan from Egypt. He's, his best ranking was 18 in the world. And currently now, he should be around 35 in the world. I won against him. So I would say it really boosted my confidence. I wouldn't say I would win the title, but I know that going there, I'm going to like, you know, do something great. I could feel it before going there and getting there. I was just like, okay, I'm going to take every match after like a step at a time and it really worked for me a lot. Because there also I won against like one of the legends in Africa. His name is uh, Mohamed Saleh from Egypt. He has been African champion for, for many times and winning against him also is a big one. I also won against Shegu Toriola. He has been through the Olympics seven times. He's the African legend in table tennis. So all of this matches really like gave me confidence. And when I had to play Aruna Kwadi, who is the best in Africa right now, it was like, I was like, okay, I'm now in the final. I'm just going to give my best. Like, I've done a good job here. So that really helped me a lot. So you're going to the Olympics. 
What would you say you still need to work on? Or just the mental aspect, because sport now is is based on the physique, the mental aspect. Of course, how you play on the table. I would say how I play on the table is okay now. I'm, I have the level to, to win the Olympics. I have the level to win against any player. But the mental aspect is something some players have more than the others. And right now in, in the world of sport, many athletes are paying more attention to the mental aspect. So I think I just need to improve in the mental aspect to, to believe more in myself and have the confidence that nothing is impossible in the world of sport. And in this life, I just need to set my mind to it. Already, I'm, I've been putting in the work. I've been training so hard. And it's right now, I just think I need to work on the mental aspect. How do you work on the mental aspect? Like, what do you do? I think it's something you need to build every day while practicing. Like, whenever you're tired, whenever you, you're playing practice match, because we, we do this every week, you need to see, like, how far can you go? Can you play six points in a row without looking down on yourself? It starts with looking down on yourself. For example, if I am playing a match and I lost six points in a row, I don't want to show it to my opponent that I am, I'm getting scared of him or I'm trying to be more conscious. I'm not going to let him know when I am in a difficult situation. This is a, an aspect that is very, very important in the game because once your opponent should know this, he's going to feed on this and he's going to play more balanced game. Why you are still there, you're shaking at your own end. And also, I think endurance training also, like, for example, running. When you run, for example, I, I run, let's say, every week, like three times, 40 minutes. If I can push myself to go more, even when I'm tired, it will help you in the match. For example, you're playing, you, you woke up and your body is not the same. And you have to play in the match. The mental aspect needs to come in real big because when, once you get into the court and your body is not so, let's say, 100%, the mental aspect can make you win many matches. By you like, okay, I know my body is not there, but come on, put in the fight. You know? Having this fighting spirit also is really important. So I would say the mental aspect is really, really important now in the world. Now, what's a typical day like for you? So you wake up, you go to training 8 a.m., how long is training? What do you do in training? Wake up 8 a.m. have my breakfast and go there. We start training at 10. Before tra uh, before 10, like 9.30, we have like 30 minutes like warming up. After that, we get to play two hours. Then after the two hours, we have post-training, like another gym exercise. We have to go to the gym. And after the gym, to eat and rest and go back there around. Sometimes we practice three, sometimes we practice four, depending on the schedule we have for the week. So I practice twice every day. I practice on the table, two hours. And I would say every day in the gym, I would say one hour because 30 minutes, one hour every day. And I do this five, day, five times a week. And on Saturday, depending on what the coaches want us to do, sometimes they say, okay, today you don't play. Go out and run for like an hour or something like this. Or go and like learn more service. Need to practice more service because service is really important in table tennis. It obviously gets tough, right? So, how do you combat? You know, when there are times that we get mentally weak. What do you do during those times? Like you're just not feeling it. What helps you go through those times? Well, help me. Like sometimes I just pick up my phone and watch 
videos, pictures of stuff when I won some matches, some good matches that I've won. I'll just go through the ITTF page and start checking all the articles about me, you know. And this just like makes me want to like, oh my god, you don't, you don't need. This is the time you need to push more. You need to go and push more. You know? So looking at what I've done in the past and what I've achieved, and looking from where I am and where I came from, these are the things that like motivates me and want me to go more, even when I'm tired. Don't want to do anything. Just pick up my phone and just check some pictures and read some articles here. How is it for the people around you? Because you've obviously had people around you for a lot, right? Are people surprised that you made it? Or it's more like, I knew he was going to make it. He was that kid. Actually, they, some people started like like a week ago. I posted a photo and a video on my Instagram page. And the video, I did a, a video interview, 2012. This guy in the video asked me and he said, what would you like like to achieve in your life? Like, what dreams do you have? I told this man in the video, I said I would like to qualify for the Olympics. I said this like 2012 when I was really young. So I posted this on my Instagram and many people were just texting me, ah, we know that you have it in you. You just keep going because we know how much you love the sport and we know how much dedicated you are and stuff like that. So I would say people that are really close to me, they know that for sure, if you put your, your time and mind into something, it will be fruitful, you know. So I've always been dedicated to the sport and always working at since I was very, very young. So people, they, they were just saying, ah, you know that you, you can still do better. Don't relent and don't think you are the peak now. This is the time you need to push more. So I got a lot of positive messages. So what are your future goals? My future goals is to, well, right now I'm 93 in the world. I want to move also to top 20 in the world. Win a medal at the Olympics. I think it's possible. Because in this life, I believe no champion forever. Like many years ago, the, the Europeans were, were the champions in table tennis. Then the Asian came. So I know that if I can, all I need to do is just to work out. And you know, Olympics, I would like to have a medal at the Olympics. So how has the culture around table tennis in Nigeria changed? from when you were younger to how it is now? When I was very young, I would say people didn't really like pay more attention. Like, for example, like going out abroad to play professional. Like the Nigerian players, they prefer staying home and only a few were going abroad. But right now, many people can see that for you to get better, you need to travel outside of Nigeria. So I would say right now, we have so many players abroad playing for some clubs. We have in Portugal, in France, in Italy, in Belgium, in Spain. So I would say right now the players are now like moving out because we don't really have the facility in Nigeria. So once they move out, there's facility to practice in, in good condition to learn and improve their their game. So people now like they're traveling abroad to learn more about the sport. Are you seeing more facilities in Nigeria? And have you seen the players adapt their styles? I would say yes, because now we have a lot of players that come, like, they travel abroad. So when we go back, the ones at home, they look at us, and now internet is everywhere as well. They watch live matches, so they really improved a lot. And now the style is, is more different than the way we usually played many, many years ago. What advice would you have for someone who's young, 
you know, who wants to be good at table tennis? I'm just going to like, you know, you need to train more because if you want to be a champion, you need to do something more extraordinary. Like you need to like work really hard. If others are practicing three hours, practice more six hours because it means you learn more than them. Like if you're spending time six hours on something and someone is spending three hours, the person who spends more hours is going to gain about. And like this, you have little hedge above your, your, your peer group. With this little hedge and hard work and a lot of luck, you know, you can be whoever you need to be. You just need to work out and push him back to go 100%. So if you were to go back, what would you change? Would you change anything? Change? I would say, for example, if I could be, I don't know if it's a good thing to say online, but I'm going to say, if I would wish, I was not from Nigeria, maybe from a country that, like, a better country, like, economically that involves, like, involves in sport, like, more and more, like, like, develops sports. You understand? Like, they, they encourage athletes. Yeah, I was just saying, the U.S., Canada, Australia. I'm just going to change this justice. I, w- I would wish I was from those countries because they pay more attention to the athletes. That's it. Are there any sports in Nigeria where they do, like you said, football, they pay a lot more attention? Yeah, of course. Football is a big sport. Everywhere, football, football, yeah. They pay a lot of attention to football, a lot. All the big companies are, are spending so much money on football players. No, well, look, I think if you medal, I think you'll, you know, bring a lot of pride to your country and you'll kind of slowly change the things. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's also a sad thing that I need to, like, win a medal at Olympic before they can encourage me. You know, it's really, really a bad thing. Look, you've obviously done, you know, you've come a far way. And the good thing is you have a good family and you have good people around you. Now, do you see any changes in the future of table tennis? In Nigeria? Well, in Nigeria and in general, too, is it becoming more popular? Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, because now the, the international governing body, they, they just created like new series of tournaments. And uh, I think now they are doing more of advertisement online, like creating awareness for, for other people to know about table tennis. And yeah, it's going to get bigger. But they, they, they still need a lot of, a lot of sponsors you know, and they need to put in a lot of work. Like most times when we play in the tournaments, they only stream our matches on their website. We don't have like a TV station that shows only table tennis, stuff like this. Because I believe if we have, it's going to improve. Like many people will know about the sport. Because sometimes I just, like I, whenever I travel, because my resident card here, it's, it reads them, I'm an athlete, you know. So they just say, oh, you're a football player. I say, no. I play ping pong. What's ping pong? Is ping pong a professional sport? You know, I just like Sometimes I just like, oh my God, you need to like watch matches and watch videos on YouTube. So yeah, I, I very soon the plans they have, I, I know they're on the right track. They just need more sponsors. Yeah, everything will be good. I hope it grows. So, you know, people who are younger versions of you all over the world have support. Are there any other countries in Africa that are getting good at table tennis? We have Egypt, you know. Egypt. Oh, Egypt, okay. Yeah, yeah, they are very good. In the women's category right now, they they have a player, her name is Dina Mishra. She's the best in Africa. And she has been winning 
back-to-back titles in Africa for the past maybe five or six years. But in the men's thing, sometimes we struggle with them. It could be a Nigerian player, sometimes Egyptian player. Right now, let's say the last title was the All-African Games and we, I won the title. Any final thoughts before we sort of close out the episode? I'm not paying really much to say. I just want to thank you for bringing me on your podcast. We appreciate it. No, I mean, it was great talking to you. Great hearing your story. So look, in a few weeks, right? At, or whenever, the when is the Olympics this year? July. July. So look, we can take that part of the interview where you say you're going to medal and then you can post it on your Instagram. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. That, that would be amazing. Imagine if, if I end up winning that medal at the Olympics. Oh my God. I'm going to be so happy for you. And, you know, I'm going to say, look, I knew you before, so I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be like, look, I saw that guy. And, you know, so it's cool. So thank you so much for your time. And I think the audience has a lot to learn from you and will be really excited to follow your journey. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Another great episode. Thank you for listening. Hopefully this information was valuable and you learned a lot. Stay tuned for the next episode. This show is sponsored by you. No Degree wants to remain free from influence so that we can talk about the topics without bias. If you think the show is worth a dollar or two, please check out our Patreon page. Any amount is appreciated and will go towards making future episodes even better. Follow us on Instagram or Snapchat at No Degree Podcast. On Facebook at facebook.com slash no degree inc. If you want to personally reach out to me, connect or follow me on LinkedIn at Janaid Iqbal, spelled J-O-N-A-E-D, last name I-Q-B-A-L. Until next time, no degree, no problem, nodegree.com. Yeah, so, you got no degree, no problem, no problem, any problem, we can solve them, LinkedIn insomnia. Keeps us evolving, growing in the knowing. Wisdom is flowing. If you didn't know, now you know where I'm going. If you didn't know, now you know. Let's sing that again, everybody. No degree, no problem. Any problem, we can solve them. LinkedIn insomnia keeps us evolving. We're growing in the knowing. The wisdom is flowing. If you didn't know, now you know where I'm going. No degree, no problem. Any problem, we can solve them. LinkedIn insomnia keeps us evolving. We're growing in the knowing. The wisdom is flowing. If you didn't know, now you know where I'm going. Yeah.